Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Wednesday March the 18th as we trudge along here in our long, long time coming up without sports for a while. But um, as we said, we're going to try to do our best here to, you know, talk baseball and entertain. And um, again, you know, if you're listening to this, you're a Phillies fan, a diehard deep in the wool as Phillies fan as a fan can get. So let's do our best to talk Phillies and to, you know, try and talk about something we love in a time that is dark and and obviously a lot of tough times ahead so the best we can do is try and acknowledge that and um, pay attention to that but also try and um, you know still find ways to enjoy what we enjoy and, and one of those things is the Phillies yesterday we talked a lot about the state of the team from an overall perspective talking about um, you know we spent a few shows specifically talking about Joe Girardi and the coaching staff talking about the lineup, talking about the pitching staff, the starters, the bullpen. Today, I wanted to talk about the state of the Phillies from a different perspective. I wanted to talk about the power trio, as you would call it, at the top of the organization, the three men who sat at that press conference prior to the offseason. And, and obviously, as, as you know from listening to this show, back then made a lot of us upset and then Bron and Joe Girardi, and things got a little bit better. And and obviously, right now where we stand, as you you listened to the show yesterday, you know that there was reason for optimism once they eventually get back to playing baseball, and there are reasons for optimism moving forward. But let, let's talk about where this team stands from a a power trio at the top perspective. Talking about John Middleton, Andy McPhail, and of course Matt Clentak, and you know. I think it is part and parcel with the the discussion we've had the last few days looking at each segment of the team. And look, first and foremost, um, I do think you also have to include the fact that that when we talk about this trio, and again, at the end of last season, that press conference, we all were pretty upset, I think, as as a fan base with where the team was at, with what we were hearing. And then, to be fair, they went out and they hired Joe Girardi. They fired Gabe Kapler and granted... Um, it felt like it took longer than it should have. You know, it felt like for a little while there, Kapler was kind of twisting in the wind and all that. But ultimately, on a basic level, John Middleton made the right decision. John Middleton made the right decision to move on from Gabe Kapler and to bring in Joe Girardi. That was absolutely the correct decision and a decision that is going to reverberate through this franchise for a long time to come, in my opinion, because I think Joe Girardi so the right man for this job that we're going to be talking about him for the next decade. I mean, Joe Girardi is going to be here and he's going to make a difference. And I do think that, you know, there are a lot of ways to criticize Middleton and this this trio of guys. And, and we'll get into it. Don't get me wrong. But um, I think we have to start by giving a lot of credit 
to John Middleton for, for A, moving on from Gabe Kapler after only two years. I think a lot of people, you know, expected him to get one more year. Not, not obviously kind of once it all played out the way it did, it kind of felt like it was time, but um, you're going into it, you expect generally a three-year run for a manager or whatever. And I think to pull the plug early, especially to pull the plug when it felt like Matt Klintak was not on board. You know, Matt Klintak very publicly came out and said, I believe in Gabe. I think Gabe's the man for the job, blah, 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 all that stuff. And look, to Klintak's credit, there's another organization in Major League Baseball who felt like Gabe Kapler was the right man for the job as they went out and hired him, the San Francisco Giants. And look, Farhan Zahidi, the general manager slash president of the Giants, is a super smart dude. He knows what he's doing. He is Andrew, was Andrew Friedman's number two. You know, the Rays, the Dodgers, this guy knows how to run a baseball team. So um, I do think it's interesting that, that they're the ones that hired Gabe Kapler. But even in spite of, of Matt Klintak kind of, you know, publicly supporting Gabe Kapler during that time, John Middleton made the right decision. It was the right decision, two right decisions in reality. He made the right decision to move on from Gabe Kapler, period. It was the right decision. As we talked about it a lot at the end of last season that, well, I thought Gabe Kapler, and again, I had obviously soured on Gabe Kapler quite a bit over, over the last season, and um, I was a Kapler supporter early on. I liked the hire originally. I really did. I thought, you know, uh, a forward-thinking baseball guy, you can bring in someone who played in the league for over a decade, you know, brings a lot to the position, but it just turned out that he wasn't the right fit, and that's okay. You know, you can see guys who are talented or who have potential who just aren't the right fit in a particular spot, and that's just what it was. Gabe Kapler wasn't the fit for Philadelphia. It's just what it was. We can accept that. The dude just didn't fit here. That's okay. That doesn't mean he's going to fail in San Francisco, though. I don't have high hopes for him based on the kind of situation he's in and all that, but um, Gabe was a bad fit here. He was a bad fit. He's not a Philly type of guy. He was not the type of guy that was ever really going to be accepted by this fan base unless he just won and won and won and won. And uh, look, do I think the organization at all times gave Gabe everything he needed to succeed? No, I don't. I get that. But I think that Gabe was just a bad fit. And I appreciate that John Middleton saw that and went against the advice of of his own general manager and said, no, Gabe's got to go. So that was one decision on its own that I appreciate. And then to go out and get the top guy we all wanted. If you ask any single person going into that offseason, maybe there were a few people who wanted Joe Madden, but the vast majority of Phillies fans, if you said, who's the one guy that John Middleton could go out for manager, get manager of this team, that would make you feel better about this situation right now, we all would have said Joe Girardi. That was the guy. And Middleton went out and did it. And massive props to him for doing it, because Joe Girardi could have had other jobs. Joe Girardi could have been the Cubs manager, could have been other spots. The Mets, I'm sure the Mets would have loved to have Joe Girardi, especially after you know, Carlos Belger and thing. We'll talk about that later in the week. We'll dive into the whole Astros of it all and all that, because we haven't talked about that on this show, and obviously there's so much to dive into. But um, I think John Middleton deserves a ton of credit for going out and getting the right guy. And as you've heard me talk about over the last week and the shows we've done, I think the number one reason for optimism if you're a Phillies fan right now is Joe Girardi and the staff he's brought in. I mean, I am beyond excited to have that guy here, and I'm excited to root for him for a long time because I think he's going to be a heck of a manager here. I really do. I feel so good about Joe Girardi. I can't 
again, I uh, it's in an offseason where they went out and spent $120 million on Zach Wheeler in an offseason where they brought in Didi Gregorius, who I love, in an offseason where you know they made moves. I, I don't think it's even a question that, ga- that Joe Girardi is the biggest move they made, the most important move they made. So I think Middleton deserves a lot of credit for that. Now, where I'm a little more upset with John Middleton, and again, I, I'm not... I'm not going to bury him for this because, again, I do think that ultimately the good of getting rid of Kapler and moving on to Girardi slightly outweighs the bad. But I am a little disappointed because John Middleton has made it seem like he wants to be a big boy. He said, you know, I want to be the Yankees of the Steimer of the South. I want to bring the, you know, bleeping trophy back to Philadelphia. It was a quote unquote from him. And yet he's kind of not gone all in the way we expected to and to be fair he spent some money i mean look he gave bryce harper a massive massive contract he is um you know obviously went out and gave zach wheeler a ton of money he signed mccutcheon he has signed Didi gregorius i mean he's right up against luxury tax the problem is that they just so clearly had that self-imposed limit of the luxury tax and i just don't understand it from an organizational philosophy, I, I just I can't understand it. I don't understand why they don't want to go over it. I, I know you're starting your clock, and eventually down the road it gets punitive with with damages, with you know what it costs. But I mean, ultimately the draft pick. Sure, you can argue that the draft pick compensation matters, but that you lose for going with the luxury tax multiple years in a row. But from a money perspective, it's nickels and dimes. I mean, we're talking about a few million bucks to a billionaire. I mean, that's like. Yeah, it's like a, a twenty bucks or fifty bucks or something. I mean, it, not not even kidding. I mean, it's that that level of of pocket change for for lack of a better term. I know that's a ridiculous thing to say when you're talking about three million dollars, but it is. It's pocket change in comparison to to the net worth and and all that type of stuff. So, um, I don't understand why they've had such a a internal edict to not go over the tax, especially when you look at next season. There's a lot coming off the books. Arietta contract is done, you know. And I know they have to sign Romuto. That is something they have to worry about. But it just, um, I don't know. I just don't know. Look, and I, and I think that, and we'll get to Matt Klentak in a bit because I do think that it kind of works hand in hand in that, you know, I, I think that the reason they're in this situation is because they've drafted poorly. They've done a bad job developing a farm system. They have a farm system that anywhere you look is ranked somewhere from 20th to 25th generally in Major League Baseball after sucking for years. I mean, the whole point of being a bad baseball team for nine years is that you're supposed to come out of it with a ton of talent like the Astros did. And granted, the Astros, it seems might have had other ways of going about winning as well, but like the Astros did. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to come out of it with a Alex Bregman, with a Carlos Correa, with a Jose Altuve, with all these guys, with these studs, you know? And the Phillies didn't do that. The Phillies did not do that. The Phillies have had a, a farm system that's been, for the most part, bereft of, of high-end talent until now. Look, Spencer Howard and Alec Boehm, credit were due. Those guys are both look like they're going to be major league players and, and matter. I mean, they're both top 30 prospects in the game. It's been a long time since we had a Phillies team that had two top 30 prospects. It's awesome. Very cool. But it is nowhere near what they need in terms of organizational talent and depth to really feel good after being as bad as they've been for as long as they've been. And unfortunately, the position they put themselves in from an organizational structure perspective is that 
they had to go out and spend money in order to compete. And John Middleton has made a commitment to the fans that, you know, that they were going to compete now, that it was time to, to run. You know, we're done walking. It's time to run. This is a playoff team. And I think a lot of people thought that was going to start last year. Obviously, that didn't happen. And there are a number of reasons for that. But ultimately, this Phillies team after, again, this is, you know, eight straight losing seasons. They haven't made the playoffs since 2011. We're look, we're heading into the ninth season. Whenever this season does actually get underway, the ninth season without playoffs in Philadelphia. I mean, that's, that's upsetting. We all remember what 07 to 11 was like. It was magical you know and it came it came to set a level of expectation of winning for a Phillies team that we all got used to and we all wanted to see moving forward and it was totally worth it you wouldn't I mean you would change a few things you would find a way to start rebuilding sooner I think we can all say that that Ruben Amaro 2012-2013 really um, struggled to let go of the guys that he needed to and to, to move forward you know and to to recoup assets for them and and all that type of stuff and that's incredibly frustrating i mean you look back at the hamels trade you look back at you know some of these moves they made and granted they waited too long to trade these guys and then they didn't get enough for them in the long run so um i think as an organization that was a major mistake and it set them back but we've still had four or five years here and four years you know now under the clentac regime where they just have not done enough to rebuild this organization to make it the type of organization we needed to be to be someone who's ready to contend right away. And I, and I do think that since John Middleton has put himself in that position, we'll get to Klintak in a second because I think he's the heart of this discussion. But um, since Middleton's put himself in that position, then you know I, I think he has no choice but to go out and spend. I just think that's where we're at. This team can only win now if they spend money. And look, he's done it. Again, I don't want to bury John Middleton in the same way. Um, because it's unfair to say that he's a cheap owner, because he's not. Again, he spent a bunch of money on Bryce Harper. He spent a bunch of money on Zach Wheeler on these guys, and they're right up against the tax. I mean, they're not one of the cheapest teams in baseball. They're in the middle of the pack. They're top 11, 12, 13 range. But I think that with the what the fans have expected, what we expected as a fan base, where they would be and where they should be, there was no other choice but to spend, to overspend, to pay that luxury tax. Especially because when you look at this team, like, they're so close. They could have gone just over the tax a little bit and added a few more bullpen pieces. Maybe added another starter and all of a sudden you are you actually feel like it's a World Series contender. Because right now they feel like a playoff contender. They don't feel like a World Series contender. And there's a big difference there. And can anything happen when the playoffs start? Sure. Look, we just saw a Nationals team go on a run, but that Nationals team was so much more talented than this Phillies team. So much more. I mean, they had three top 20 stars, top 30 stars in baseball, two of the best starters in baseball. Not to mention young talent out the wazoo, Rendon, and and then you had in Soto and Trey Turner and all these guys that are just a really talented group of guys, much, much, much better than the Phillies. And... It's particularly frustrating when you look at this division. I mean, the Braves, obviously, too, are just a team that is just just full of young talent. Just top to bottom, just a, a um, you know, so many guys you can count on for the future and guys that they can keep bringing up and all that type of stuff. So um, I think it's frustrating for a lot of Phillies fans because while this team is there, they're a playoff contender, and again, I think... The Girardi thing really masks a lot of it because I think we're all super excited to have Girardi here and have a 
what will feel like a Major League Baseball team, what will feel like a real team that you can count on, that you can feel good about, that you can feel like is a professional organization, all that type of stuff. None of the Kapler crap is going to be here anymore. I think that matters. But I do think if you want to air your frustrations with Middleton, and, and again, it's it's so much more muted than, than um, you know, I'm not angry, but I do think that he's made a mistake, and I think he should have paid the tax. And I think they had a chance that if he was just – and look, Andy McPhail, who is the, the part of this power trio that we're not going to talk about it much because he seems like the most ineffectual one, kind of the one that's just kind of there. Um, I don't really know what he does other than sometimes say some stupid things in public, but um, on the whole, I think McPhail is not someone to – get too upset about um but you know mcphail said they want to go over the tax at the at the deadline obviously before all the crisis stuff happened and the whole season has been thrown into peril and we don't know how or when or what the trade deadline will be if it will be or whatever um but just the whole concept of oh we'll go over at the trade deadline is is so silly to me like I said this yesterday, but why wouldn't you want 90 extra games of those players, you know, and then go over more? I mean, you have real leeway to go over more. I mean, you're right up against it, but you don't have to go all the way over. They had a chance to just, I don't know, have some bullpen pieces we've heard of and cared about, especially with the Sir Anthony thing. And, and I talked about that as the biggest mistake they made is just counting on Sir Anthony Dominguez was a, was a disaster. I and mean, that was just an epic mistake from an organizational perspective. So I'm disappointed in Middleton in that internal edict to not go over the tax. Do you think it was a mistake? And, you know, I'll bash him a little bit for it. But on the whole, I do think that he deserves credit for the Girardi move. And, and he'll spend money. I think that, you know, he's just waiting for the team to get to where he needs it to be to spend that extra money. And it's fine. I don't condone it. I disagree with it. But I get it. I think the bigger problem, and let's talk about it, is Matt Klintak. You know, I think that's the real issue here is that this is a general manager I think is overmatched. You know, and we've talked about this a lot on this show certainly last season but you know Matt Klintak has had a lot of time to build this team up he's had a lot of time to stock this organization with young talent and and he just hasn't done it and again credit for Spencer Howard and Alec Bohm I'm excited about those two guys those are two young players who actually feel some level of excitement about their future that's awesome that's a you know very cool thing to see but on the whole I think Matt Klintak has done a, a disservice I think he's done a bad job I don't have a lot of faith in him as a general manager. Again, what what moves has he made that you you're really excited about? You know, the trades haven't worked out the way we thought they would. The obviously the the level of drafting has been just bad when you consider how little organizational talent they have, and especially again when you look at the Braves, when you look at the Nationals, just bringing guys up last year, even the Mets. I mean, you look at these teams; they have young stars. Pete Alonzo, the Phillies don't have a Pete Alonzo. Like, pray Alec Bohm can be a Pete Alonzo, but he's not Pete Alonzo. Dude, they had 52 homers or whatever last year. I mean, let's be real. The Phillies don't have that. And I think that's the biggest reason you have to you have to be critical of Matt Clinton. He deserves criticism for that. I mean, you are this bad for this long. You need to come out of that with real talent in your minor league system. You need to come out of it bolstered. You need to come out of it ready to move into the future with guys you can count on. And they don't have that. They just don't. And again, I'm excited about like Baum. I'm excited about Spencer Howard. I think those guys are going to make a difference. But on the whole, you look at that, you look at Klintak, really all he's done is go out and spend Middleton's money. And, and bringing in Harper was great, but... You know, I could have done that. You could have done that. We all could have done that. I mean, you know, Zach Wheeler, I hope that's a nice signing. Didi, I think, probably only came here because of Joe Girardi. 
You know, there are so many reasons to, to feel like Matt Klintag is pretty ineffectual in his position. To the point where, you know, obviously on the, I work on the WIP Midday Show, and we had a caller call in last week and said, I'm torn, and this was prior to, two weeks ago, I guess it was, prior to the kind of, you know, everything happened with the, um, you know, the crisis and whatnot, but he said, I'm torn. He said, I want the Phillies to make the playoffs, but I also don't want to save Matt Klintag's job. I feel like if they don't make the playoffs, then Klintag's gone. Is it worth it to not make the playoffs to lose Matt Klintag? <laughs> I think that's extreme. Obviously, I would rather make the playoffs than than lose Matt Klintag if I had to choose between the two. But I understand the sentiment. I understand where it's coming from because I don't think that Matt Klintag is the guy to lead this team into the future from an organizational general manager perspective. And I, and I think that's a worry because... That is the most important position in sports, you know, on a, on a team is the guy who puts the team together. And it just has felt like Klintak's been overmatched, really. It, you know, he did a nice job with, he seems to be pretty good at spare parts. You know, he finds some spare parts. He did a good job with the bullpen last year, bringing in some of these guys you never heard of, Mike Morins and Blake Parkers and, you know, Jared Hughes, who, who contributed. Hughes wasn't that good as a Philly, but you know what I mean. Um, but really in terms of organizational building and especially particularly in terms of drafting and developing. And look, they brought in Brian Barber, former Yankees scout, you know, um, did a lot in the Yankees organization with drafting and developing. You hope that Brian Barber can kind of turn it around. Maybe that's the move that can kind of help salvage the Clintac regime. It's possible, but um, they've done a bad job, a bad job drafting and developing talent. And look, again, if Bohm and Howard can make a difference, if they can make some sort of run with those two guys, maybe that also kind of changes the narrative a little bit for Klintag. But right now, when you look at what he's done compared to what they should have done, given their draft spots, given their, you know, um, the assets, given all that type of stuff, I think you have to be incredibly disappointed with what Klintag's done for building the team. So, um, and I think that's something that has to change. So... Um, again, Brian Barber and a pivotal figure, the new scouting director um, in this organization coming from the Yankees, understanding how smart teams do things, obviously worked under Cashman, who's one of the best in the sport. Um, he's going to be an, a pivotal figure to kind of helping. And look, I think the Phillies have done some smart things from an organizational perspective of bringing in a lot of the driveline guys, Jason Ochart we've talked about, bringing in guys who are on the front lines of technology and analytics and applying those things to baseball, I think it's all smart. And I think that's the kind of stuff that ultimately maybe could save Matt Klintak's job. And again, I, I think they have a real chance to make the playoffs, which, you know, that too, I think would save his job. But I do think that from a drafting, developing, organizational talent structure perspective, he has dropped the ball so far. And I think that's something that you have to, you have to ding him for. You know, he deserves to get dinged for that. And when you look at the whole resume, when it all is put in front of a table, I, I think you have to feel, again, I feel good in the long term about John Middleton as owner. I really do. Um, I think that I'm disappointed he didn't pay the tax, but at least I, I do think he wants to win. I don't think he's, I don't think he, I think he might be a little too involved as we talked about at the end of last year after that press conference. I didn't feel awesome about that and where we were at with that. But I do think that there is at least reason to be excited about John Middleton in the long term. I think that when it matters, he will spend on players who matter. I think 
Um, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he's, you know, the best in the league or whatever, but I, I do feel okay. But I think with Matt Klintak, there's real cause for concern. And um, I don't know that he's the right man to lead this team into the future. I, in fact, if I have to bet, I would bet against it. But um, again, I think this is a massive year. This is a incredibly, incredibly important year. And, and again, with McPhail, you know, I don't know really what he does from a day-to-day perspective. I do think that, you know, he was the best in that press conference. But again, then he comes out and says the thing about going over the deadline, the trade deadline, all that, going over the tax, the trade deadline, and, and that didn't make a ton of sense. So I don't really know. But I think that I think it's a big season for Matt Klintak. And I think that his legacy is his role as a Philly is, is really somewhat on the line here. And I think it's going to be really massive how this plays out. We'll obviously dive into that more over the weeks to come and kind of what this season means for multiple people and all that. But I think for Klintak, it's a big one. I think they need to make the playoffs for him to keep his job. And I think that's what it should be because um, I think up until now, he has underperformed. Um, all right, coming up tomorrow, uh, I keep saying I want to dive into this Astros thing. I do. I want to talk about how it applies to the Phillies. Obviously, we'll continue to find more things with the Phillies to talk about. And we continue this time without sports. It is really uh, unprecedented, as we've talked about. And, and it's going to be a long hard slog but hopefully we can find a way to uh to do it together and to continue to talk about the team we love and again we know as we always say the caveat it's frivolous it doesn't matter comparatively and all that but ultimately like if you're listening to this you love the phillies and and our love for the phillies can hopefully help us get through a, a tough time together at least with some trying to have some fun and try and talk about things that are positive when when things around us are not quite um so uh, until tomorrow, we'll dive into the Astros thing. I really want to get into this whole cheating thing, what it means for baseball and, and all that, because that has been a the story of the offseason until, obviously, the epidemic, the pandemic, excuse me. Um, really, that was the number one story for baseball in the offseason. So we'll dive into that tomorrow and um, another uh, couple days this week and continue to just do what we do to, um, to talk Phillies um, and, and bring some levity to a tough time. So until tomorrow, thank you again for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.